Turn in your Bibles, please, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Did you hear, did you hear about the lady whose home was infested with Easter eggs? No, you didn't hear about it, did you? She had, she had to call the eggs terminator. <laughs> why, why did the Easter egg hide? He was a little chicken. <laughs> what happened to the egg when he was tickled too much? He cracked up. Pastor Lisa, could you please give me your better jokes and <laughs> instead of keeping the best jokes for yourself and giving me the ones that are mediocre? Why are people always tired in April? Because they just finished a march. <laughs> Why did the A go to the baseball game? For the extra innings. That one's for Raven, our computer operator. <laughs> what kind of jokes do eggs tell? Egg yolks. <laughs> At least Pastor Lisa appreciates these. What did the mommy egg say to the baby egg? You're extra special. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, um. By the way, tell your kids you had an Easter egg. You, you hid an Easter egg with $50 in the backyard, but you don't remember where. Then you can enjoy a quiet day indoors. <laughs> there was a worshiper at the door of a church and, and uh, tells this story. Uh, he says, a parishioner, a parishioner was in front of me, he says, a parishioner was in front of me coming out of church one day, and the preacher was standing at the door as he always is to shake hands. The minister grabbed the parishioner by the hand, grabbed the parishioner by the hand, and pulled him aside. And the pastor said to him, man, you need, you need to join, you need to join the army of the Lord. And the parishioner replied, Pastor, I'm already, I'm already in the army of the Lord. Pastor? Well, the minister questioned him further. How come I don't see you except at Christmas and Easter? He whispered back, I'm in the secret service. <laughs> All right. All right. My friends... Matthew chapter 28 records for us a powerful portion of the Easter account. And we read it together earlier in the service as our dear sister led us so beautifully, Grace Brown. I want to share these beautiful truths with you simply entitled, Because Jesus is Risen, from Matthew 28. Number one truth is this. Because Jesus is risen, we are assured of his promises. In Matthew 28, verse 6, it says, the angel said, 
He, Jesus, isn't here. He's not in the tomb. He is risen from the dead just as he said would happen. When, when did Jesus say this would happen? When did he say? Well, there were various times, but one of those times is recorded in the Gospel of Matthew 16, verse 21, where it says, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. On the third day, he would be raised from the dead. My friends, just, just as he promised, Jesus rose from the dead. Because Jesus rose from the dead, you and I can be assured that he can accomplish and he will accomplish all that he promised, all that he said. Well, what are some of those promises that the Lord Jesus gave? What are some of them? We don't have time for all of them, but what are some of them? Here are a few. For those of you taking notes, it's A. Jesus promised forgiveness for our sins. During the meal, which we call the Last Supper, Matthew 26, Matthew 26, verse 27, 28 says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, said each of you drink from it, for this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people. Here it is. It is poured out. It is poured out as a sacrifice. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And the many, my dear friends, includes you and you and you and you. You at the back. You up in the balcony. You radio listeners. The sins of many is all of us as we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. Amen. No matter what has been your past, you can be forgiven because Jesus died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for your sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is one of the promises of Jesus and you, cannot, you and I can bank on it. Here's another promise Jesus gave. Point B. Jesus promised us inward peace. The concordance at the back of my life application, New Living Translation Study Bible, the concordance defines peace in a beautiful way. It defines it like this. Peace, a state of tranquility. Freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. In the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 33, it records Jesus as saying, read it from the big screen with me, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. So that you may have peace. On the first Easter Sunday evening, the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verse 19, records these words. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because, because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you. 
he said, peace be with you. My friend, are you going, are you going through some uncertain, some uncertain or fearful situation? The risen Jesus, our risen Jesus says, peace be unto you. Peace be to you. Amen. Now I'm not talking here. I'm not talking about theor theoretical stuff. I'm not talking just theory. I know what this is all about. Just over nine years ago when the doctor said to me, Mr. Stavropoulos, you have a large cancerous growth the size of a woman's fist inside of you and we are going to have to remove it. I can tell you, I experienced the Lord's peace, the Lord's peace. And just over a year ago when we discovered that our young adult son, Jeremy, had to go in to have the major open heart surgery, I can tell you, I experienced the words of the Lord, my peace I give unto you. We're not just talking about theory, my friends. We're not just talking about theology. We're talking about reality, what Jesus is able to bring about in those scary times, in those uncertain times, in those agonizing times. He says, peace be unto you. In whatever situation you find yourself in, may Jesus, by his Spirit, walk into that situation and speak those words of comfort, of hope, of love, of encouragement to you today. Amen, amen, amen. I know what it means to experience the peace that passeth all understanding. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's go to another wonderful promise, point C. It is this, Jesus promised us joy, joy. In the gospel of John chapter 16, verse 11, Jesus says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Isn't that good? Read it with me. Read it with me from the, from the screen. Read it with me, all right? I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I appreciate seeing my wife taking detailed notes of this great sermon. She was, she was taking notes of Dr. Lisa's sermon on Friday, on Friday, and, and then over supper, or I guess it was over supper, she showed me the excellent notes. She could preach back your sermon from Good Friday real well, Pastor Lisa. I think I, if I was successful, I sent, I sent what she wrote to you on your phone. See, I can handle the gadgets now. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I think I had Cindy's help there. <laughs> Amen. Amen. My friends, may the risen Jesus free you. May he free you of doom and gloom, and may he fill your heart with joy. The joy of Jesus, the joy of Easter, the joy of the Lord. Amen? 
Let me take you to another promise. D, for those of you making notes. Cindy, please make sure you get it right. Thank you. <laughs> D, Jesus promised, promised our needs will be met. Matthew, Matthew 6, 31 and following says, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first, read it from the big screen, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. That is the New International Version translation, which was translated from the Greek and Hebrew in the 1970s. The New Living Translation says, translated in the 1990s, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Amen? My friends, across the years, Across the years, there have been many months when I didn't know, I honestly say this, when I didn't know how my wife and I were going to, were going to pay all of our personal bills. There have been many months uh, across the years when I didn't know how we as a church, how we as a church, remember I've been here 37 years. I know I don't look old enough, I know, I know. But, uh, but, but there have been many months when I didn't know how we as a church were going, were going to pay all of our construction bills when we built this building and the previous one, how we were going to pay all of our construction bills and pay our regular monthly operating bills and more. And even now I am burdened as to how we will reach our world missions goal of $60,000 by the end of April. Many times, many times, I've needed to remind myself of Jesus' promise that says, what? Read it with me. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. I've also reminded myself of Philippians 4.19, which says, And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus said, and continues to say, Give the Lord. Give the Lord first place in your life, and he will meet your needs. This Easter Sunday... I invite you, I invite you to make a decision to give Jesus first place in your life. Have you given, and, and will you give, will you give Jesus first place in your life? Not second or third place or whenever you have time for Jesus, but will you give him first place in your life? That is what he wants from you and you and you and me and all of us, amen? Here's another wonderful promise, promise E. Jesus promised to give us the gift of eternal life, a place in heaven. In the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verse 25, Jesus is recorded as saying this. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Read it with me. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. My friends, 
Many of you here today are grieving. You are grieving because in recent months a precious loved, loved one who had faith in Jesus has passed away. May your spirit be lifted up. May your spirit be lifted up Lift it up as the word of the Lord reminds you that your loved one is in heaven with Jesus. He or she is in heaven with Jesus. For this is the promise of the Lord who was resurrected, who is risen. And so I say to you, I say to you, because Jesus is risen, we are assured of his promises. Here are just the few we've talked about. We are assured of forgiveness of sins. We're assured of inward peace and joy and that our needs will be met and that we have the gift of eternal life, a place in heaven. And so on this Easter Sunday, beautiful as it is, be encouraged, my friends, be encouraged because he is risen. We're assured of these promises and more. And I don't have time to cover all of the Lord's promises but I want you to know, I want you to know that when you read in the Holy Bible some particular promise from Jesus, you remind yourself that yes, you can bank on that promise. You can bank on that promise because he who said would rise from the dead, rose from the dead, triumphant over the grave the third day. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise be to our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, yes. Let me take you to a second great truth from the resurrection. Second great truth is this. Because Jesus is risen, what seems impossible is possible in your life and in mine. This truth comes to my mind as I reflect upon verses five to seven. And uh, let's just read verses five and six together. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen from the dead just as he said would happen. Come, see where his body was lying. My friends, neither the disciples nor anyone else thought Jesus would ever rise from the dead. What seemed impossible to everyone became a reality. And because Jesus is risen, we, we can transition, we can move from thinking I can't do anything to believing I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. Jesus rising from the dead tells us that the Lord, the Lord can turn our crucifixions into resurrections. Amen? Think about it. He can turn our crucifixions into resurrections. Some of you have gone through several major crucifixions, agonizing times. I was thinking as I prayed with a dear lady at the altar here today, this morning, earlier, I thought, dear Lord, this dear soul of yours has gone through such a, a, a terrible crucifixion, and yet her heart has turned towards you. She knows you. She loves you. She has persevered, and you have given her victory, and you continue, Lord, to give her victory. I thought, wow, Lord, she's an example, kneeling here before you, of a dear woman 
whose crucifixion has turned into a resurrection. Amen. My friends, my friends, if God can raise a dead body, he can raise a dead marriage. Amen? He can raise a dead relationship. He can turn family fighting into family fun. You're acting as if none of you ever have a family feud. <laughs> be honest. Or Pastor Lisa will be after you. He can bring back to you, he can bring back to you that wayward son or daughter. If God can raise a dead body, he can raise a dead career or a dead business back to life. Your dead hopes your dead hopes of finding a husband or wife can be resurrected. Amen. That's one of our 99-year-old son, daughters. Bless you, whoever that was. Amen. Your dead hopes of having a baby can be resurrected. Your feelings of discouragement and depression can be lifted. And if you're feeling like a loser, if you're feeling like a loser, remember with Jesus Christ on your team, you are a winner. And if you are feeling beat down, he'll pick you up. He can raise you up. He can raise you up. Jesus can raise you up from feeling hopeless to hope-filled, from feeling defeated to being victorious, from feeling persecuted to feeling privileged, from feeling beleaguered to being blessed. Do you know what beleaguered means? I had a good idea what it, what it, what it meant uh, because I was writing this message out, and I thought, let me just look up what beleaguered means. So I looked it up. Beleaguered means feeling, feeling like you are under attack. Beleaguered. Feeling like you are under attack. Have you ever felt you're under attack? Yeah? Feeling like you're under attack. Hard-pressed. Having a lot of problems or difficulties. Feeling like your back is against the wall. You ever felt like your back is against the wall? Yes. The Lord can help you go. The Lord can help you go from being beleaguered to being blessed. Hallelujah. Lord, help those who feel beleaguered today to transition to feeling being blessed in the name of Jesus. The Lord can, can empower you so that instead, instead of being frail and fragile and feeble, you are a fantastic bundle of energy. And if you are feeling, if you're feeling old and useless, the Christ of Easter can help you feel young at heart and useful because you really are. You really are. You are. You are. And if you are feeling broke, the Christ of Easter can help you to be blessed financially. And if you have no job, he can direct you and help you find several jobs. If your conscience, if your conscience is bothering you, Hebrews 9 verse 14 says this, it says, the blood of Christ will purify our consciences from sinful deeds so that we can, we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. 
And since Christ was victorious over death, since he was victorious over death, he has, he has the power to give you and me victory. He has the power to give you victory over smoking, victory over drug abuse, victory over gambling, victory over alcoholism, victory over bitterness, victory over lying and cheating, victory over prejudice, victory over sexual immorality and unfaithfulness, victory over any sin. Praise God. For victory. If for some reason you are feeling unloved today, I remind you that the Gospel of John, chapter 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world, and that includes you that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Today, the choir will beautifully remind us, the choir will remind us that ultimately it wasn't. It wasn't the nails or the cross. It was love. Love took his breath away. Love took Jesus' breath away. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for the many promises that we know are certain because you, Jesus, rose from the dead triumphant over the grave. And Lord, we rejoice because, because you rose from the dead. The impossible becomes possible. The impossible is now possible. And Lord, I pray that that which seemed impossible in the lives of your people, for whatever reasons, you will help each one to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I want to know the power, the power of the resurrection. And Lord, for anyone, for anyone who feels unloved today, may you touch them by your spirit and may you touch them through the music of the choir so that they will know that they will know that you loved them so much that love took Jesus' breath away. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen.